Good morning, I'm Andrea Figuera, and this is the Word in 7 Minutes for Friday, September 30, 2016. One dead and 108 wounded. It is the official tally of the terrible crash, which took place in Obogen Station, New Jersey, during rush hour at 8.30 a.m., when the train slammed through a passenger concourse and ended its mad dash a few feet from the building, to the height of the waiting room. A part of the roof collapsed and the only victim confirmed so far will be a woman who was on the platform. Yet unknown the causes of the disaster, investigators have immediately ruled out terrorism or a voluntary action of the driver. Although the thoughts of many people went to the made bombs found 10 days ago just a few miles away from the Boken, in the Elizabeth station on the line connecting Newark Airport to Manhattan. Governor Chris Christie, who toured the site hours after the wreck, said the train came into the station at a high rate of speed and crashed through all the barriers, adding that it is too early to determine the cause of the crash or why the train failed to slow down. According to the authorities, could have been caused either by a malfunction of the braking system or by human error. The driver, who survived the crash and now in hospital, was found unconscious over the controls panel. In the same station happened a similar incident in 2011, which caused 34 wounded. Since then, nothing would have been done to make the line and the terminal safer. Changing the topic, the Indian Army announced it has conducted surgical strikes against terrorist units in the contested region of Kashmir, on the border with Pakistan. Purpose of the operation is to prevent infiltrations or attacks by separatists from Pakistan, such as occurred Sunday, 18 September, in the Indian military base, where 17 soldiers have been killed. Lieutenant General Ranbir Singh, the Indian Army's Director General of Military Operation, has called his Pakistani counterpart to inform him of the operation, adding that the surgical strikes were launched across the line of control, or de facto border, that divides the disputed region, where terrorist teams have been spotted. Meantime, the Pakistan army has dismissed claims that India's military conducted any kind of strikes on its side of the border in Kashmir region, saying in a statement that the notion of surgical strike linked to alleged terrorist bases is an illusion being deliberately generated by India to create false effects. The tension between the two neighboring countries, both nuclear powers, was already high after a summer marked by violent clashes in Kashmir between Indian police and protesters demanding more autonomy and independence. Protesters that, according to New Delhi, were supported by Pakistan. Meanwhile, the Syrian civil war seems to get worse day by day. Justin Forsyth, UNICEF Deputy Executive Director, said the people of Aleppo are facing humanitarian catastrophe worse than anything witnessed so far. Children are trapped in a nightmare. At least 96 have been killed and 223 have been injured since the government bombardments on Friday. The healthcare system in Aleppo East is collapsing and, as revealed in a recent video, some doctors have been forced to carry out brain surgery on the floor of the hospital. There are very few equipment or emergency medicine to treat the wounded, while the number of trauma cases continues to rise. But on the same day, when UNICEF spreads this terrible news, Secretary of State John Kerry threatens again to end the talk with Russia, if it does not put an end to a raid on Aleppo. He has also demanded a return to the cessation of hostility agreement he negotiated on September 9, which collapsed a week later. Moscow has declared its willingness to a 48-hour humanitarian truce, but remains against a longer ceasefire, since this would allow the rebels to regroup and coordinate a military initiative.
Meanwhile, a German journalist who gave birth while being held captive by Islamist fighters in Syria had been freed. The woman, a freelancer journalist who traveled to Syria on the promise of getting exclusive information, was allegedly taken by the Nusrat Front Islamist group, who recently changed its name into Fateh Jabhat al-Sham after they separated from the Al-Qaeda group. But members of the jihadist group said in a statement that they had nothing to do with the kidnapping and had in fact been the ones to free the woman and her baby. But today another country has the eyes of the war trained on. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte has explicitly compared his fierce anti-drug campaign which resulted in deaths of more than 3,000 people with extermination of Jews carried out by Hitler. On his arrival in Davao after a visit to Vietnam Duterte said that Hitler massacred 3 million Jews and there are 3 million drug addicts in the Philippines that he would be happy to slaughter ending the problem of his country and saving the next generation. Many of his supporters said that his public death threats against drug suspects are designed to scare them into stop selling illegal drugs. These statements are revolting and President Duterte must retract them and apologize, said World Jewish Congress President Ronald Lauder. Adding that what Duterte stated is not only profoundly inhumane, but it demonstrates an appalling disrespect for human life that is truly heartbreaking for the democratically elected leader of a great country. Duterte, 71, won the election in May after being mayor of Davao for two decades, promising a first fight against narcotraffic, in which at least 1,000 people will have to die. His anti-drug campaign, his behavior, his threats, and his continuous recourse to violence have already provoked outrage from the United States, the EU, and the multilateral institutions. That's all for today. Subscribe or follow the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Twitter. And visit the website at thewordin7minutes.com. As always, thanks for listening.